0: You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. I'm Jessica Lynn Birdie, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, 5 minutes of science fiction history for June 20th. At the end of Doctor Who's 1989 season, the writing was on the wall of the show's production office at the BBC. There might not be a 1990 season. This might not seem to be a big deal in the 21st century, where the combination of BBC budgets and scheduling, actor availability, and multiple waves of pandemic have made it pretty common for Doctor Who to take a break for a year or more. But it was a big deal in 1989. Doctor Who had been on the air every year since November 1963. In that context, the lack of an immediate renewal for the show's 27th season seemed ominous. And with good reason. Forever short on budget and resources, and turning out shorter and shorter seasons as a result. Doctor Who had fallen out of favor with BBC management, some of whom were quite vocal in wanting to tell the Time Lord, Time's up. But the Doctor and the TARDIS have proven to have an ability to survive almost anything. With the television series in an indefinite limbo since the BBC never formally announced a cancellation, Virgin Publishing editor Peter Darville Evans saw an imminent problem. The print publication arm of the media giant that had started as Virgin Records, Virgin Publishing had bought Target Books, the longtime publisher of the seemingly evergreen series of Doctor Who novelizations, and had infused new life into the Target Doctor Who book series. Stories forever lost on video were given novelizations, giving many younger fans who had missed those lost TV stories a chance to experience them. But at this point... Target and Virgin had produced novelizations of all but four Doctor Who television adventures. No new season meant no new material. Though at first the BBC was reluctant to license Doctor Who out for original prose fiction, permission was finally given. Doctor Who now existed only in print. The first novel printed on this day in 1991 was John Peel's Time Worm, Genesis. And everything from the decidedly more mature cover artwork to the length of the book itself seemed to be a bold declaration that Doctor Who might have started as a kid's show, but it was now growing up. As the back cover blurb declared, the New Adventures books gave readers stories too broad and too deep for the small screen. Over time, those stories would also include elements of sex, violence, horror, and profanity both real and imaginary. Some fans, who disapproved of Doctor Who exceeding the boundaries of Saturday tea time on the BBC, have exaggerated in hindsight how prominently these elements were featured. While the first four book story cycle was largely written by veteran Doctor Who novelization authors including the late great Terence Dix, the fourth seemed to break all the rules and was written by Paul Cornell, a respected fan writer and opened the door to some significant reinterpretation of the TV series mythology. A later New Adventures novel by Cornell, Human Nature, was adapted into a television two-parter during David Tennant's tenure. The hallmarks of the New Adventures weren't nonstop shagging and swearing. The true legacy of the books was a deeper inspection of the Doctor himself, his complex morality, and whether he was a 90s-style antihero or truly was a magical figure of justice, almost a force of nature unto himself. The book seemed to decide he was both, and that characterization has influenced the Doctor's current televised travels. But when the BBC co-produced the 1996 Doctor Who TV movie starring Paul McGann, it also decided to bring the original fiction rights back in-house. In the spring of 1997, the new adventures could legally no longer Feature the Doctor or any element of the BBC's Doctor Who mythology. The final Doctorless book in the series was published in 1999. Several of the writers for the original Doctor Who novels went on to write Doctor Who audio dramas for Big Finish, and some, like Paul Cornell, Mark Gaddis, and Gareth Roberts, not to mention a certain Russell T Davies, went on to become writers or editors involved in Doctor Who's TV revival and its spin-offs. While the books may not have been to every fan's taste, their influence can be felt on. Doctor Who, even today. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for June 20th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.